you have a piece of paper. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a testimony. While I'm doing that, I'm giving you permission to check out of listening to me for a moment. And I want you to read that piece of paper, okay? Because there's going to be a quiz in just a moment. So I'm going to give a quick testimony. And if you can listen to me and read at the same time, great, if you can't. Um, for those that are online, they get to hear. And uh, if not, I want you to read over that. I'm going to give a little quiz here in just a moment. And uh, it's kind of a little silly story, but I think it'll make an impact on us tonight. So if you will go ahead and read your story. You say, Brother Money, I didn't get one. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, my name is Dale Money. My wife, Vicki, is in the back. And... Um, I'm from Milford, she's from South Carolina, uh, and uh, we met in the sixth grade, and we waited till after that to get married later on in life, and uh, got married shortly after high school, and uh, the Lord has blessed our ministry. Um, you may know of another person that's in, that was in our ministry, um, which was connected here, Brother Larry Stallings, uh, that's my wife's father. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but he was the guy that um, really took Seedline uh, to where it is today. And I know many of you uh, put together John and Romans and, and uh, are part of that ministry and send scriptures all over the world. And um, he was a part of that. And then I came in the ministry in uh, Seedline to help him and be a part of that. And I directed Seedline for a little bit, took over for him. And then uh, we turned it over, trained a man, turned it over. And uh, they're running it now. So God has blessed that. I've been in First Bible uh, since about 2013. And the Lord continues to bless. We've been able to um, put Bibles in the hands of those that have never had it before. Our goal in First Bible is to provide Bibleist people groups their first Bible. We do that through Bible translation. We do that through national training because we believe that that is important. I have seen where other Bible translating groups will just go in, translate the Bible, give it to a people group, and they, when they leave, the people don't know what to do with it. And so I believe it's important to train nationals. And then I believe it's important to make folks aware um, of the need. And so that's what we're doing today. And we travel all over the um, United States and preach and uh, different countries. And so God has been awfully good to us. Well, you may not be done with your story yet, but it's quiz time. Amen? So let's do what we can. Um, again, we'll see how this works tonight. I've never done this in a service, so um, we're going to just see how that goes. I'm going to ask some questions, and, and the reward tonight is everybody, everybody uh, gets a prayer card, okay? But, if, but the winning side gets two. <laughs> And uh, so you can get your extra prayer card in the back. Uh, I want to just ask this question. I think I'm going to ask um, sides here tonight. So I'll start with this side. So you have your story. And my question is, what country is this story set in? What country? Anybody over here know what country from this? Yes, sir? Azerbaijan. No, sir. I'm sorry. You're wrong. What is it? Mongolia. No. Is anybody over here no? It's India. India is the correct answer. Okay. What two animals set the characteristics 
or, uh, set the character, the characters in the story. What two animals set the characters in the story? Sorry, I, I'm, I'm still in sixth grade. Okay, or uh, you know, whatever. Yes, ma'am. Gorillas and gerbils. Nope, I'm sorry. It's not it. Anybody? How about over here? Yes, sir? Mice and elephants. Very good. Very good. This side seems to be more on track. I don't know why. Not, you guys are doing good. You're doing good. I want to encourage you. Okay. Um, how many of the large animals went through the through the village. How many of the large animals? Yes. 47? Over there? A thousand. Very good. Correct. Let's give them a hand. Very good. Okay. You guys are doing very good. Okay. Um, where were the large animals going? Shop, the shopping mall. The shopping mall. Okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> the shopping mall. Okay. Great try. Um, where were the large animals going? Over here. The big lake in the west, right? Correct. Yes. Great. Shopping mall. Okay. Big lake in the west. <laughs> okay. You know I'm just kidding. All right. I'm having fun with you. Um, what did the small what did the small animals follow to find the large animals over here? Anybody? Footprints. Footprints. What did the small animals follow to find the large animals? Whose footprints? The the who? The gorillas. This is about this is about mice and elephants. Anybody over here? How about here? How about you? Elephants. Very good. Very, very good. The elephant's footprints. It was footprints, but it was the elephant's footprints. Now, you're looking at me like, what, in, what planet is this guy from? <laughs> you do. <laughs> you get an extra prayer card. <laughs> I like you, buddy. First one that's ever known what planet I'm from. Okay, who caught the large animals? This is your chance to shine. Who caught the large animals? Yes. The what? The antelope. The antelope caught the large animals. Okay. <laughs> Census say. Um, all right. Who? Yes, sir. The hunters. The hunters caught the large animals. Two more questions and I'll be done. What was the final outcome for the animals? Over here? <laughs> Who's me? Okay, all right. What was the final outcome of the animals? The gorillas. Mice and elephants. 
Okay, over here, anybody? What was the final outcome? Yes. Say it really loud. What happened? The mice freed the elephants. Is that not what you read over here? Okay, I asked you to read. Okay, what can you learn from this story? Anybody? <laughs> what? What? No way. Anybody, what was the outcome? <laughs> you, you can't believe everything you read. That's, you get an extra prayer card. <laughs> Over here, anybody? What, what, was, what can you learn from the story? Yes? What is it? Say that really loud. Small things can do big things. Okay. When someone is kind to you, that was a, that's a good one. When someone is kind to you, you ought to be kind back, right? Okay. Great. All right. So let me just ask you a question. What, what, what story did you get? What's it called? What's the title? Gerbils and Gorillas, okay? What story did you get? Mice and Elephants. Guess what? You got the wrong story. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And when the test came, you didn't pass. You see, there was a contrast between the two stories. Mice and elephants, gerbils and gorillas. And let me just make this comment tonight. There are people around the world who don't all have the same story. The questions are the same. The questions, you, you can fill in any answers depending on what story you have. But the answers have to be correct. You see, this side over here, I deliberately gave you <laughs> gerbils and gorillas. I'm sorry to play that nasty trick on you. But I want to prove a point. But one day there's a test coming. And we're all going to stand before the throne and there's going to be folks that realize for the first time they didn't have the right story. You see, the Pashtun people, according to the Word of God, don't have the right story. Do they believe they have the right story? Did you not believe you had the right story? When, I, when you first answered that first question, you, you were probably like, this guy's got three heads up here. I mean, you know, what in the world? I answered what it said. You answered exactly. These young people, you, you folks answered exactly what your story said. The problem was, 
have the wrong answers. The problem is you didn't have the right story. You see, there's a contrast. There's a contrast between the Word of God and what many religions, and we're not a religion, by the way. It's a relationship. But the religions of the world have a different story. It's all based on works. It's all based on feeling or things or, or ideas. Ours is based on faith. It's the Word of God. It's the true story. But what about those that don't have the right story? What do they do? And so tonight, I just wanted to kind of, in a fun way, prove a point. This is part of the curriculum that we've developed for our young people to help them understand that not everybody's got the right answers. Not everybody's got the right story. Um, there's a, millions of Pashtun people who tonight, they believe with all their heart. They put all their faith in the story that they have. But again, according to the Word of God, it's the wrong story. Um, there's 0.02% Christians in this people group. 99.98 is Islam. It's the largest Muslim tribal society in the world. The Pashtun people. There's 30 major tribes within their tribal group, and there's many sub-tribes. They all have a story. Their language is called the Pashto, or the Pashtu, however you want to pronounce it. Um, there's two main streams of that. There's a northern and a southern Pashtu. And then there's 21 dialects of those. The Pashtun language became the national language in 1936. And there's a half a million Pashtun, is what I said this morning, in the U.S. New York, San Francisco, Virginia, L.A., Georgia, Chicago, Fort Worth, Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth, Oregon, and, and uh, Fremont, California. You see, their tribal group is strong. You know, if you're in a tribe, you're in a group, man, you've got strength and numbers. No matter what kind of group you're in, you're, you've got a pledge to that group, and these tribal groups are like that. Their culture, lifestyle, is deep-rooted. Their religious beliefs are powerful. I mean, if what they believe, their religion came from their came at birth. What they believe is ingrained in them. It, it, what they believe is generational. What they believe is, it's really not a, a choice, it's life. It's connected to everything they do. But if it's wrong, And the test, when it comes, will be fatal.
And so I just want to kind of give you a little idea tonight as we turn to Mark chapter Mark chapter number 12. And so we're just talking about one people group out of all the many of the world. The Pashtun people. And many people all over the world. They don't have the glorious message that you have. Thank God we have that. But, but we need to be concerned that maybe others do not. And so I pray tonight. I'd like to preach a message here in Mark chapter number 12. I'm just going to read four verses. I want to share a few thoughts. And then we'll have a closing prayer tonight. Mark chapter number 12, the Bible says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many were rich, cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. I'd like to just share a thought to you tonight I've entitled, Lord, I'm all in. Lord, I'm all in. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, this is a wonderful group of people. God, you've blessed them over the years. This church has been a part of reaching people locally and around the world. And um, they'll continue to do that because they love you. And um, they've been redeemed. Lord, I pray tonight, would you help us to just see something out of your word that may help us? And Lord, give us something that we may take and apply to maybe affecting somebody we don't even know, another part of the world. And um, Lord, through it all, may you be glorified. We love you tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, (laughs) I'm all in. You know, as we look at this passage, this lady, she gave, she was a widow lady, and um, she gave something. She had something to give. She had something to offer. You know, in man's sight, in man's economy, it was pretty unimpressive. (laughs) Two mites. You know, very unimpressive. I mean, it was was not much. In, In the world's terms. It's, it would be unimpressive. I mean, people wouldn't stand up and say, Woo! Two mites! Not in the world's terms. Okay. Um, in the world's terms, it was insignificant. I mean, two mites were just basically nothing. 
They, they weren't much. They were just insignificant. In the world's terms, they were insufficient. I mean, two mites wouldn't run the, the temple lights for very long. It wouldn't buy much of a meal for the pastoral staff. It wouldn't keep the buses running there in Jerusalem picking up bus kits. It was insufficient for the need. You know, what she gave wasn't impressive to man's standards. <laughs> but what she gave caught the attention of the Savior. It caught heaven's attention. And what she gave was significant. And I looked at this story not long ago, and I started reading and, and just studying, and the Lord reminded me of three other people there in the Gospels that their faith caught Christ's attention. <laughs> um, this lady's faith caught the attention of the Lord. I remember reading about a centurion, and we won't go to all these passages for the sake of time tonight, but a centurion in Matthew chapter 8, he came to Jesus and he said, I've got someone that's sick and that needs your help. And Jesus said, well, let's go. And he said, no, wait a minute. He said, I'm, I'm over some folks and I give orders and he said, all you have to do is give the order. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled at his faith. He marveled at his faith. There was a lady, her name was Mary, or there was a woman with a box of spikenard in Mark chapter 14. And this, and this woman with this box of spikenard broke it. And uh, she ministered to the Lord. She poured it on his head and his feet. And it was, the Bible says it was for, her, for his burial. And the Bible says that Jesus said this will be a memorial of her. And, 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 and the world will hear about this. He marveled at her faith. He marveled at what, what steps of faith. What, I mean, it, it just didn't seem a lot to maybe most people, but it caught the attention of the Lord. He marveled at this. He looked at this and he said, he said, wow. Stephen. Stephen stands up in Acts chapter 7 and, and he just stands up for the Lord and he gives the gospel and he gives the word of God and they start to stone him. And heaven opens up, and we see that Jesus is looking down, and the Bible says that Jesus stands. <laughs> He's giving attention to what is being done here. His faith caught the Lord's attention, and he rose from his throne in standing. And then we have this poor, certain poor widow who cast it all in. And, and he said, hey, disciples, get, get over here. I want you to see this. Look at what happened here. Look at what she did. Look what said. There's a lot of people giving. There's a lot of folks that, that, are, that, are, that are doing. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor and you give. Or, 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 but the issue is she gave not of her, not of the ex excess, but she gave of her living. And Jesus said, that's a different level of faith. 
Wow, that's a different level of faith. Now, it's not a comparison. The Bible says we're not to compare each other. We're not, we're not to compare ourselves among ourselves because that's not wise. And so I'm not trying to do that tonight. I'm just trying to say that there are four people that I saw out of the New Testament that kind of rose to the top that Jesus marveled at them. I mean, here's a Roman centurion. He's not even a Jew. And he says, I've not seen such faith in all of Jerusalem. Out of all of God's people, nobody's had the faith of this Roman. And he marveled at him. And I just want to say this tonight. If we're going to make an effect on the world, I think in the way that we need to, we're going to reach a people group or, or, or have an effect on another people group, I, I think it's going to take folks that are all in. And I'm not saying that you're not. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's what it's going to take. And so I want to talk about, number one, the diversity of these people. I'll just point out the diversity of these people. All four of these folks, the centurion, Stephen, this certain poor widow, and then the lady with the box of spike nerd, I think her, I believe her name's Mary. You know they were the diversity of them? They were of different trades. They all didn't have the same job. They all didn't have the same um, a uh, uh, thing that they clocked into. We have a soldier here. We have Mary who, who had been saved from great sin. We have Stephen who was a man of the gospel. We have a, a widow woman who, who was either retired or, uh, or, or didn't have a, a, a job of her, probably of her own, or maybe sold fruit on the, uh, on the side of the streets. They were of a different trade. You know, as I looked at these, they were of a different age. As I looked at these, they were of different backgrounds. As I looked at these four, I see that, that they had different incomes. As I looked at these four, I looked at they were different situations, they, different situations in life, different circumstances in life. But it didn't matter their trade. It didn't matter their age. It didn't matter their background. It didn't matter their income. It didn't matter their situation. Their faith, what was they didn't have a lot in common, but what they did have in common was their faith was off the charts. And I see with these people, I see they made a choice. They made a choice. They had to come to a crossroads where they were going to make a choice. I am going to find Jesus I am going to humble myself. I am going to go up to him because I have a friend that is sick. I'm going to the temple. I'm going to go put in all that I have. I'm going to lay it before God. I'm making a choice. I'm going to break the bottle. I'm going to pour it on his head. I'm going to, I'm going to anoint him. I'm going to uh, thank him for what he's done in my life. I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to stand up for God. I'm going to speak His Word. I am going to say what I need to say. I'm going to spit it out. I'm going to be true to the Word of God. I don't care if they kill me. Made a choice. 
So I see their diversity, but I see they made a choice. I not only see their diversity, I see their disposition. Their disposition. You know, it didn't seem to phase them. What they did just didn't seem, oh no, I, I got to go to that temple. I got to give today. This bottle of spike nerd was a family heirloom. It's important to me. Oh my. No, it just seemed like it was, it just seemed like it flowed pretty naturally. Do you get that? It seemed like it was their disposition was, this isn't going to phase me. You know, attitude always guides behavior. And their attitude was, praise the Lord, I'm following God. I'm going to follow God if the stars fall out. I'm going to follow God regardless. I, I've got, I know where the answer is. I'm going to go. I, I don't care what people think of me. I don't care if they make fun of me. I don't care if they, if they say things when I break this bottle open and they say, what are you doing? Why are you wasting this? On? You could have done... It doesn't matter. She had the right attitude. The centurion. I mean, there were, there were people that could have said, what in the world are you going to that Jew to ask him for help? He was willing to overcome all of these oppositions because of their disposition, their attitude. didn't phase them. They weren't going to give up. They were going to trust in the Lord. But, but their disposition cost them something. So we see diversity. We see a choice. With disposition, we see a cost. There was a cost to each one of these. There was a cost to, to accomplish the task in this situation. That widow was a cost. It was her living. Centurion, there was a cost. Woman with the bottle of Spikner, there was a cost. Stephen, there was a cost, wasn't there? It cost him his life. All different types of costs. But if we're going to reach people like the Pashtun, it's going to take a cost. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take somebody to, 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 to leave Walmart for the rest of their life. To go to a country where you're unfamiliar, where it may not be the safest place in the world, and reach people. It's going to take someone to go to school. It's going to take someone to give. It's going to take someone to gain the education. It's going to take, it's going to cost. I'm just saying tonight, what's our disposition? You know, they they their focus was not on them. All four of these. The centurion, Mary, Stephen, the widow, it wasn't on them. Their, their faith reflected of what they thought of Him. Their faith reflected what they thought of Jesus Christ. The centurion thought Jesus, uh, uh, and, it, and, uh, and because of what he thought of Jesus, 
His faith was reflected in that. He said, this guy can do what I cannot do. This guy, he, he, can, he, can, he doesn't even have to be there to do it. And his faith reflected that. You know, I don't know the results of, of what they gave. I don't know all the results of that. But I'm positive it was worth the cost. <laughs> Let me give you this and I'll close. Not only do I see a diversity, not only do I see, do I see a, dependent, uh, uh, a disposition, but I see a dependency of these people. Lord, I'm all in. There must be a dependence. Everything, think about this. They stepped out in faith, and when they stepped out, everything depended on God. This lady who gave in the last two mites she had, she was going to walk out of there, and everything now depended on what God was going to do. Everything was her, her whole life, her, 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 all of the activities of that day, everything for tomorrow, everything for the next week, it all depended on if God was going to work in her life or not. It was full dependence on God. When the, when the lady broke the bottle and Mary broke the bottle and poured out the spike nord, I mean, it was total dependence on the resurrection of Christ. She wasn't doing it because of herself. She wasn't doing it for a show. She was saying, I depend on Him because he's, He is who He says He is. And the rest of them as well. You see, there was a dependence. To me, that shows this commitment. I'm committed to see it through. I'm committed to see... I'm committed. I, 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 hey, there's no turning back. There's no going back. Once I, once I throw in these mites, there ain't no going back and getting them. When I break this bottle, there's no going back and, and trying to get it back in the bottle. When I, when I stand before as a Roman soldier, as a leader, as a man that is over men, goes up to this, this Jew who we rule over, and I say, I need your help, there's no going back. There's a commitment. It's a commitment. And so, if we're going to reach this world for Christ, it's going to take some commitment. And take some commitment. Now let me give you this and I'll close. I believe there's four areas that we should, not, I'm not saying you, I'm saying overall. I don't know what, I don't know what, your church is going to do about the posthume people? I don't know. I don't know if you're going to do anything. But what I'm saying is, there's four things that I think, four steps of faith. Number one, there's got to be an investment. There's got to be giving. If we're going to reach the posthume people, there must be giving. Must be an investment. There must be, there must be something that we, that we not only give, but give up. There, there's an investment. I believe if we're going to reach the Pasun people, there must be investigation. We have to know more about them. We have, to, we, have to, we have to find out. We have to learn about them. We have to know about them. We have to research them. We need to know where they live. We, we need to know uh, about them. There's got to be not only an investment, there's an investigation. 
Thirdly, I think that there needs to be um, intercession. I was trying to find out how to, how to translate my notes here. Intercession. If we're going to reach these people, we've got to be on our knees. People have to be praying for them. We have to petition heaven for them. If we're going to reach a group of people in the world, anywhere in the world, if you're going to reach your neighbor, if you're going to reach your, your co-worker, if you're going to reach somebody around the world, it's going to take intercession. We're going to have to pray and seek God's face and ask Him for help, and ask Him for wisdom, and ask Him for mercy. I mean, these people are steeped in religion. And it's not easy. And I think if we're going to reach a people group, there's got to be interaction. The Bible says go. <laughs> interaction. There must be an investment. There must be investigation. There must be intercession. There must be an interaction. I tell folks this all the time. Um, it, it's not... I've traveled many places in the world, 19 countries. I'm getting ready to go to my 20th soon. And it's not that, it's not that people don't want to invite you in their homes. The Pashtun people are... are, are, are they have a code of, of hospitality. That's a part of what you probably read today in, the, in that paper that you got from Pastor. There's a, a code of hospitality. It's not that they're not inviting you into their culture. It's not that they're not, people aren't invited. Every place I've ever gone, they want me to come there to their home. They want me to ask, uh, uh, share with them, you know, what I did, what, you know, how I live and where I'm from and things of that nature. The issue isn't getting into their culture. The issue is getting out of mine. Does that make sense? The issue is never getting into someone else's culture. It's getting out of mine. And so we have to interact. You say, Brother Money, what I have to offer isn't very impressive. <laughs> Well, Brother Money, what I have to offer the Lord is insignificant. Brother Money, what I have to offer is insufficient to the need. I raise my hand for all three of those. But can I say this? God can work with that. God can work with that. If God can work with the insufficiency of two mites, He can work with my insufficiency. If He can work with the, with the insignificance of two mites, maybe He can work with our insignificance. <laughs> so my question tonight is, in your faith, whatever it is, whatever your challenges are, whatever God has called you to do in this church, in your homes, are you all in? I pray that you are. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that, Lord, someone here tonight might be lost. I here tonight might not know the Lord as their Savior. I pray they'd be saved. 
Lord, I'm grateful that I have the right story, the right message, the right book. Lord, I know there's people around the world that don't have the right book, don't have the right story. And you know what? They may not give up that book for mine. I sure want to give them an opportunity. Lord, I know that I'm nothing. Lord, I stammer, I stutter, I, I have fears, I have troubles. Lord, in your hands, you can work with that. I'm grateful. Lord, help us to respond correctly tonight to the invitation. Lord, if there's someone that needs to come, I pray they'd come tonight. As soon as the music starts, the invitation begins, they find their way to an altar. Lord, maybe somebody tonight needs to say, God, I've not been all in, but I sure want to be. I want to be all in to the things of this church and the things of God and reaching my community or around the world. Lord, I'm all in. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.